John Ross Dykes first, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You ready? Yes, sir. This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? John Ross Dyke the First, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Houston, my Houston, I'm in a show October the 15th and 16th. It's less about me and more about Ernie. Episode 126 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. Walk with us. It's time to pod. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Welcome back to episode 125, 126 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. Um, that's the W H A T, no apostrophe S, N E X T, exclamation question mark. Um, this is a creative story. Before we get started with the episode, let's introduce our social John media. John Ross Dyke first found. So we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Go ahead. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, social media, as you said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my personal social media uh, is Ernster on IG. That's E-R-N-S-T-E-R underscore. My business Instagram page is Coded. That's K-O-T-E underscore I-T. You could uh, also follow my business on Facebook at Coded Arms. That's K-O-T-E-I-T Arms. Okay. And my name is... Of Still Visionary Inc. And Go right there. John Ross Dyke, the first founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and Still underscore Visionary if you would. Connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Directly in front of you, I have all the merch that I sell on my podcast out the trunk of my car and on this uh, and on my website. And you can shop stillvisionary.com slash merch. Listen, man. Um, I saw your uh, IG post, and like I commented, you had uh, Nas playing in the background. Yes, sir. Who to me is one of the, let me not say one of the, the greatest MC I've ever listened to, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said when you were um, displaying everything in your in your IG post, I said it's time. Let me reach out, and it's time to podcast. And I came here to get your story. I came here to ask you some um, pertinent questions, some intrusive questions. And I would hope that in this conversation that you didn't shy away from asking me questions as well mm -hmm. so that we can learn and build from each other. Exactly. And, um, you know, um, I want to start off by saying congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations on doing what most can't do, that is start their own business. Appreciate you. And uh, um, let's, let's get started, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, yeah. Life is good right now. Um, no complaints here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just enjoying life day by day. Yeah. You know, uh, living it up as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and just enjoying what's left because you never know. Yeah. So that's uh, how I'm trying to move forward. Yeah. Did you go to TSU or U of H? I went to TSU. All uh, till you graduated? Uh, yeah, well, 
if you want to talk about the journey, we can yeah, talk let's about the let's get into it. Let's get into so, it. So uh, after I graduated high school, I uh, I first attended Louisiana State University. I went to Baton Rouge uh, for a year. Um, things got a little hectic out there. It got expensive to to be honest. Uh, so I came back to Houston, went to ACC for a year or two, and ended up transferring to TSU. Uh, got my undergrad there. Got my master's there. Master's so, in what? Uh, mas- master's in management information systems. Okay. Got my undergrad in uh, electronics engineering technologies. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that's my educational journey. What part of the city are you from? Uh, grew up in A Leaf. Um, I'm out in Cypress now. Yeah. But uh, A Leaf all my life. Went okay. to Elsick High School. Uh, graduated class of '03. Okay. Houstonian all my life. Uh, okay. Parents from Cameroon. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, man. Um, I was excited to do this episode because it's not very often that I get to tote a gun mm-hmm. on camera. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I want to get into the the infatuation. Mm-hmm. On your IG, you said you like guns. You got a little water pistol on on your profile. Yeah. I want to get into the why, the where, the when, uh, the how come, and, um, you know, just, just get through that whole thing. Yeah, of course. Leading up into this point. What do you think people should take from our conversation today in, regard, in regards to uh, being a gun carrier, um, starting, on your, starting your own gun shop, and, and why now for you? I think uh, what people should take from this is, uh, so I take protection and self-defense uh, pretty serious. It's a it's a a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So, really, what I would like to take is that people shouldn't shy away from the topic of guns because it's still kind of taboo. Even though it's a big thing and numbers, new gun ownership is going up as fast as possible in record numbers. I think it's important for people to understand that. Especially in the, the, the way America is moving now, the gun culture is getting bigger and bigger every day. Um, I meet a lot of people who still don't want to talk about it or still like to shy away from it. And I kind of, the way I kind of put it to them is, it's getting so big, it's almost something you can't just sweep under the rug. You have to teach your kids about gun safety. You have to teach yourself about gun safety. You have to know the laws because you don't want to get out here and get caught up uh, for not knowing what's going on in mm-hmm. society in the world today. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to be more educated. Um, I also see a lot of people not knowing laws and what's going on. And uh, a lot of things we do is, especially in politics, and I don't want to make this a political thing, but obviously uh, the topic of guns is a very partisan issue. Um, and as a society, especially black folks, we kind of just go with whatever the politician says. We don't really look into things for ourselves. And I think that kind of sets us up to, for failure to get caught up in the long run. So I'm all about us getting educated. And I feel like because I'm kind of in this space and a lot of people really don't have a, a friend or know somebody or have a resource who's really in that space that looks like them or who looks like us, I kind of feel like I have the responsibility to educate our people more on gun culture and what's going on in the gun community and, and things of that nature. So uh, as far as it now, I mean, why not now? Um, like I said, numbers are going crazy. Um, 
African-Americans uh, by themselves are an increasing demographic in the gun, gun community and are the biggest purchasers right now, so uh, in record numbers. So I think right now being up on knowledge, being up on safety is a big thing because it kind of can reduce a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, incidents and accidents and, and irresponsible ownership and things of that nature because obviously we got the uh, Texas constitutional carry going on right now, um, which is almost – a lot of people say it's going to create more uh, uh, instances of where accidents can happen. So what we have is a lot of people just going out there and buying guns, but not seeking training and not seeking knowledge. And when you have that, it could kind of create a dangerous situation in certain homes, certain environments, because now you have guns that are coming into the homes. They don't know how to use them. They're just buying them, not securing them safely. And that could create a dangerous environment from the home. So I'm real big on learning how to responsibly be, be a gun owner. So that's my thing right now. Why do you think that people are scared to talk about guns? I think it's just it's just real, still, like I said, kind of taboo. Um, I don't know. E- even because of the position I'm in, I could see um, I might come in, come in here, right? Somebody might come and buy a gun. And uh, what I like to do is I'll take a picture of, you know, some of my customers. And some of them, They'll love to take a picture because, you know, they want to support. And some of it's like, I don't really want to because I don't want somebody to know or see what I'm getting. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can understand that as well. You know, uh, you don't have to have everybody know what's going on as far as uh, your personal protecting your purchases, what you have. And I totally understand that. But for some people, it's kind of like they don't want to be seen in that light. Um, A lot of people support me and support my business, but they won't support publicly Mm -hmm. because, Maybe you have a coworker who's like, oh, my gosh, you're into guns or you like guns or, you know. So I think uh, perception is a big part of it. Um, and even still, like I said, I, I don't want to make this about politics, but politics is a big part of it. Um, I have friends who have known me for a while and they've known I've, I've kind of been in the gun space for a while. Right. Um, but they kind of, quote unquote, judge or look at me different because of what I'm in. For instance, I'm uh, and like I. I I'm an independent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you would ask my friend, he would think I'm like a Trump lover, uh, you know, all because I'm into guns, you know? So the stigma that, hey, guns is like a Republican thing or it's a white thing, I don't, you know, I, I don't really subscribe to that, you know? Uh, and I think we as a people should take it more seriously and not just say, hey, it's a white thing or it's a, you know, it's a, a right that I feel like, and I think we are understanding now how important it is, which is why we're buying in numbers and things like that. But it's a right that we need to make sure we secure, you know, and make sure it, it, we don't push it, put it to the back burner because it's still important. Right. So, yeah, I feel just real strongly about us making sure that we don't forget that the Second Amendment is for all of us and that it's a very big, it, it's instrumental to, to our survival. Right. Are you a CHL holder? Yes, of course. Uh-huh. Um, when they wiped it, see, listen, I'm, I'm the type of person I'm a doer mm-hmm. and, um, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I, I, I spend a lot of time, less time reading all of the rules. I don't know yeah. all of the rules and I don't have patience to read all of the rules. Mm-hmm. All I know is that, um, I went and did the gun safety because when I bought my first pistol and, um, I think it was 2012, I bought it from Academy. And I had at the time before I had gone to the what classes, was it? it was the Ruger 45. Okay. Right. And and I only got that not necessarily because I had trained with guns and I found the right one for me. 
it was one of those things where growing up watching movies, you always heard about the 45, 357 Magnum, 45 pistol. It was in rap music all the time. So I just knew that I wanted a 45. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that they don't, you don't have to get a CHL, where does that put us in terms of gun carriers and people that are licensed versus people that are not licensed? And uh, yeah, I'm glad you, good question that you brought that up. Um, So kind of what I said, you have this situation where somebody can say, oh, I want to go get a gun. And let's be straight, before this new law even even passed, you kind of had the same situation, right? Because somebody could have a CHL, go get their CHL, get their license, they'll buy a firearm, and that might be the only training they take. Their gun is going to go collect dust. Um, it might be secure, it might not, but they're going to place it on the, under their pillow or maybe they lock it up. But they won't do any further training uh, past that one class. So it kind of, uh, people don't kind of take training seriously anyways. Most, most people, like I said, most people are the, hey, I, I can go buy a gun, I'm going to get one, but I'm not going to train with it. So you still haven't learned the basic uh, rules of gun safety. You still really don't know how to properly manipulate that firearm, use that firearm. All you know is if I pull the trigger, it'll mm-hmm. shoot. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know to treat every firearm like it's loaded. You know, you, you don't have a proper grasp of being a responsible gun owner. So, like I said, with the way, you know, we're out here buying more guns, and now we don't have the requirement to even take the basic training class, you know? So... With that being said, some of those people are buying the guns and aren't going to do any training at all. They're going to buy the gun and either stash it under a pillow where it shouldn't be. Um, let, me, let me rephrase that. It shouldn't be there if you know, let's say, take me, for instance, I have kids at home. And uh, my son is three, so we're slowly getting to the age where, you know, I'm going to train him to, hey, let's say you see a firearm somewhere. It, it, it might not even be just my house. You might go to your friend's house. Maybe they didn't properly store their guns. But I'm kind of training them to see that understand that a firearm is, is a dangerous weapon. If you see one, don't touch it. Come tell daddy or a grown up around, you know, and I think that's the conversation that any gun owner needs to have if they have children in the house. You could be kind of more lenient if, you know, you're home alone and you live by yourself. Your firearm's going to be wherever you put it where nobody's going to touch it. Right. But uh, I think we have to take responsible gun ownership more seriously because the thing is, a lot of people will try to make it about, oh, it's more guns and the gun is going to be the issue. It, to me, it's more so lack of knowledge, lack of training, lack of education on the issue that will lead to incidents that are dangerous or deadly. Right. Yeah. So it, to me, the onus is, is more so always on, on, the, on the owner, the right. owner and the purchaser, uh, just to be more responsible. So, you know, it's a deadly weapon. It's not just a regular tool. Uh, it needs to be treated as such. Give me your top three. Um, safety rules, top three things that you go by. Okay. Uh, for one, uh, every firearm needs to be treated like, like it's loaded uh, at all times. Um, I think people that are in the uh, gun space or just have a proper knowledge of guns, they know there could always be one in the chamber if you don't see or clear it. So um, I don't know if you... Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Just go ahead. a little. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we came to do, y'all. Yeah. So this is. So your gun right now is what? Is it loaded or? Well, the magazine is out. Yeah, and this is kind of what I'm talking about. Magazine is out. 
We got ammo in there. Mm-hmm. Should be one in the chamber. I know there is. Yeah, there okay, is. Okay, there's one. Okay. So this is what I'm saying. Um, because for somebody who's a new gun owner who really isn't familiar with guns, they'll think, oh, I dropped the magazine. It's empty. Right. You know? Right. And they might, hey, let's say they point this at their face or at somebody, you know, mm-hmm. just to play around or for whatever reason. Uh, so that kind of goes into the next the next rule, finger off the trigger until you're actually ready to shoot. Right. Right. Because um, like I said, it's still loaded. Finger off the trigger and it's ready to shoot. And I'm going to clear it now. So Go ahead. See around came out. So mm-hmm. now it's completely empty. Now it's completely Okay. And this is just a habit. I rack it a few times. But uh, gun's always loaded. So even still, I know it's unloaded, but I'm still going to treat it like it's loaded. I'm not going to point it at you. I'm not going to point it at me. Okay. You know, even though I know it's clear. Okay. Uh, finger off the trigger. Um, that's number two. Number three for me is uh, always keep it pointed in a safe direction, like I said. So I'm not going to point it at you. Um, I, I'm not going to look at it, look down the barrel. If I'm cleaning it, yeah, because now I know it's empty. But it's just always a safe rule that it's always loaded. Finger off the trigger and keep it pointed in a safe direction. Right. And for, yeah, so. For me, I, I want to say there's those are the top three. There's a few more um, that I would like to make sure everybody that I would say everybody should learn because there's really like a basic four, basic five, but those three will pretty much keep you from any accident. Treating the gun like, like it's loaded, gun. yeah, keeping your like finger off the trigger and pointing mm-hmm. it away. Yeah, so those are the main the main three I would mm-hmm. say for me. Okay, you, um, I'm a big Denzel Washington fan. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, you know, maybe he's been trained in, in how to use weapons. I'm, I'm assuming that he has been. But he tends to lean towards that Glock. Yeah. He loves the Glock. <laughs> um, your gun of choice. Yeah, so uh, I'm a Glock, Glock fan. Um, I want to say, so my first gun was a high point that I got out of okay. the pawn shop. Okay, what, 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 what is that? What is a high point? I don't know. Man, so... Uh, a lot of people aren't too keen to high points. Um, I know when I first got one, it jammed a lot. Um, right. Obviously, I got it from the pawn shop, but it jammed a lot. Um, and the more I got to learn about guns and, and got more knowledgeable about guns, I found out high point wasn't it, right? So they kind of refer to that gun as like a throwaway gun. Like right. they'll say gangbangers use those and, you know, do what they do and toss them out type. Right. So, um, yeah, that was my first gun. My second gun was a Smith & Wesson. Um, now Sw- Smith and Wesson is like Ruger, yeah. And okay, brand, got you. Uh, the brand, brand. Um, and it was a pretty good gun. Um, and that was my first legit gun. Uh, very basic, but still did what it needed to do. Uh, reasonably, pr- reasonable, reasonably priced. Uh, got it from Academy as well. Okay. Um, and I rocked that gun for him, and I ended up selling it eventually. Then the next gun I got was not this Glock, but uh, a Glock twenty six, which is what I carry on me on a regular basis. Um, so what I like about Glock, um, people kind of compare it to, they call it like the Honda Civic of, of firearms, mm, right? It doesn't break down. It, it, it's reliable. Uh, what I like about it is you could customize it. Um, cause there's a lot of aftermarket parts you could buy to replace the uh, original parts you have in it. So what I like about it is you could customize it the way you want. Uh, pretty much all the Glocks I have and Glock isn't the only gun I have as well. Um, but all the Glocks that I do have, they're not stock guns. I probably replaced the trigger. Um, 
replaced a lot of parts, put different sights on it. Uh, this one right here has got a red red dot sight on it, um, a different trigger. So you kind of can set it up the way you want, and it's still pretty affordable. Right. So uh, that that's what I like about about Glocks. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty pretty good guns. I saw that you know I mean they have a distinct look, but like you say, you can customize them. Mm-hmm. But I always notice that he just tends to lean towards Glocks, and I was just wondering, is it is it something of a preference, or is it easier to shoot, or yeah, so does it hold more rounds, or or what? I think, like I said, what it is is uh, the 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 aftermarket parts. Uh, for instance, if you look on the wall, I got magazine extensions that I could put on this that'll add more uh, rounds. rounds to it. Right. Um, all kind of just different attachments and things you you could add to them. Uh, a lot of different firearms have those as well but with glock there's so many different different even if you look down here there's different slides i could put on this thing mm-hmm. um so that's what what i think is, is is real good about that brand um you hear it in the music all the time so of course with us it's, it's going to be popular you know if you hear people that you like uh and artists that you like always talking about the same thing we kind of tend to you know go towards that right so Obviously, if you're hearing it in the music, you know, like you said, you see Denzel Washington with all the time. He's influences a lot of people. Right. If Denzel Washington is talking about Glock and always has a Glock, man, I want to see what Glock's about. Right. So I think uh, that that's that's part of it as well. Um, A lot of people who are really in the gun community, they they might say, hey, I really don't like Glocks. Um, They really don't like the, the standard trigger, which is why I say you could switch it out. So to me, it's good in that nature because you can customize it how you want right you understand so um yeah it's a it's a good brand uh like i said i'm a glock glock guy i i really don't have any uh negative things to say about glock other than whatever issue you have with it you could probably customize it and, and get it to the way you like so so you could put a safety on there Nah, you can't put a safety on it um and so with that right because a lot of people tend to not want to mess with Glocks because there's no safety. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, so let me even be more technical. So the Glock has some safety features. There's three different internal safeties that the mm-hmm. Glock has. Mm-hmm. So it makes it safer. There's no manual safety where you can't switch it on and off. For me personally, I don't like manual safeties. Um, and a lot of experienced shooters tend to not like manual safeties um, because you don't want to ever oh, is it on, you know, when it comes time to use it, you know? Mm-hmm. You just want to be able to know you can pick it up and it's going to run, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, for me, that's why I don't prefer guns with safeties. Um, and that's pretty much uh, why most people who are real comfortable with guns would prefer not to have a safety. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a, a personal preference type thing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and once you get more comfortable, like for me, I used to not keep a, a, a round in the chamber. You know? Right, right. Um, once I got comfortable and was caring, you know, more and was more comfortable with using firearms and carrying it every day, I was like, why would I not have my gun ready to go when I need mm-hmm. it? Because you never mm-hmm. know, you know, yeah. when, it, when you pull it out, you don't have time to, hey, hold on, let me rack my chamber right. real quick before right. you try to rob me, you know? Right. So... Um, you just kind of have to meet people where they are, you know, and like I said, it just comes with training and education. The more you're at the range practicing and getting more comfortable, you might say, you know what, why am I carrying a gun that's mm. not ready to go when I need it? You know, because mm. split seconds matter. So, how many how many guns do you own? I got about six or seven right now. My collection is really not where I want it to be. Right. Um, obviously, now that I got the store, you know, it's probably going to increase. But right. uh, 
I got a few handguns. Um, I have two ARs that I built. Um, I have a shotgun and uh, a f- one or two more handguns. Right. Yeah, so uh plan to get more stuff. I got Christmas coming up, so I got a Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Christmas list. That's, yeah, some stuff I, I, I'm eyeing that's on my watch list. So Right. You um never leave house your house without one, right? I try to never leave. There's some instances where I, you know, I might rush out the house and forget, and right. you know, I'll immediately know, damn, I left my, my gun. You know, so I try to never leave home without it. Um, but yeah, that's that's keys, wallet, phone, pistol. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing. Mm-hmm. The infatuation behind a pistol for you comes from where? I wouldn't even say infatuation. Uh, but so here's how it started. It became. I don't know. I, I just always kind of, I guess you could say infatuation, right? Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was, to me, it was just a cool thing, you know? They're just cool. Um, so if it's cool, you're going to start to learn about it and, you know, hey, let me start messing with these stuff, things, uh, take them to the range, shoot them, play with them. So uh, it did kind of get to, like, man, I like this. Uh, and I just became a shooter, you know, range days, uh, sporting clays. Um, it was just a hobby that, kind of turn into something I could uh, turn into a business, you know? Right. So it went from a hobby to uh, me seracoding stuff, um, which is kind of like customizing. Um, in layman terms, like painting, I kind of like call it painting guns to people who really don't know. It's like the easiest way to explain it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of started doing my own and it became a thing where people, hey, do mine, you know, because it kind of, when I did it, kind of looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing that for a little while as well as, uh, Using it on other 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 things because you could use it on different metals and and uh, things like that, but uh, that's kind of how I started my business: seraconing tumblers and firearms and uh, doing etching and things like that. Nature and uh, it just kind of started picking up, pick up, and finally uh, the opportunity presented itself to uh, where I could do this. Start start. Hold on, slow, no. slow, slow, oh, slow, okay. slow. We're gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah, We're gonna yeah. get to that. But, um, um, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but uh, just it was a hobby, man. It just turned into something I like to do. Um, so yeah, I see now, you know, going to the range for me is like sometimes like therapy. Like I go to the range, I'm by myself, just shooting. You know? right. That's how I relax sometimes. So um, before we move forward, you said um, earlier you said a lot of people don't train. What do your training regiments consist of? So and how often do you do that? So. Uh, I need to do it more often. Uh, I find now, I mean, um, that I have more time to do it. Uh, what, what is a common practice is called dry fire um, or even drawn from holster, which I practice even more now since I'm, I have my shop and I'm in here more now. I need to be able to properly um, pull from my holster, which is uh, a skill in itself um, because if you're not doing that on a regular basis, um, you're not going to know how to do it. You're not going to be ready to do it. Um, there's times when I'm practicing pulling from holster and, uh, or even not even pulling from holster, but I, when I wear my Glock 26, I appendix carry, which means I'm carrying it right here, you know, in front of my pelvis. So, um, practicing, you know, drawing from holster is very important. Cause like I said, when you need to use it and get to it and go, you need to use it and get to it and go. Right. Um, so I could see um, when I'm practicing pulling from holster, maybe it gets caught. I might have basketball shorts on that day. It'll get caught up, and, you know, I'm stuck, you know. So imagine if I really needed to pull at that time and that happened. Right. So that's why, you know, you can't stress enough just, like, repairing 
and doing those things. You can't just put it to the side and, and, and let it collect dust because when it's time to go, you need to know that your stuff is working, that you can work it, and you can be ready for whatever happens because whatever can happen wherever. You know, and that's a big thing to me, always letting people know. Because I'll meet people all the time, and I, I almost love like getting into the conversation with people because you kind of get to see how people don't even think about these things when it's something real important, especially people that have families, you know? Um, but they never think to, you know what, I might either, if they have one or they don't have one, but even if they have one, they never think, you know, I might need to be ready to defend myself or my family at any time. You know, I need to like kind of sharpen up my skills. So, um, yeah, I just, like I said, for me, it's, it's, it's knowledge and, uh, just putting the thought in people's minds, you know, cause some people, I, I'll give you a, a good example of uh, my neighbor, her husband, he drives trucks a lot and she's, they got a little girl. Um, so she's pretty much home, home by her, well, not by herself. She's with her kid, but her husband's gone. And, uh, her husband, uh, kind of wanted to get a firearm, you know, for his self, for himself and obviously them as well. And, you know, she's kind of like, oh, I don't want a gun or I don't want a gun in the house. You know, keep that. If you, whenever you leave, just make sure you take it with you. You know, so he's mm-hmm. kind of like been warming up to her about, hey, I, I want to get a gun. You know, I think I want to get a gun in the house, you know, but he didn't just like bring it in, but, you know, just warming it up to her. So just kept on, hey, you know. Uh, so finally, um, he got one and brought it home. Hey, look, look what I got, you know. And, you know, she's still kind of, you know, head to like, hey, I don't want it. You know, if you leave, make sure because we have a kid in the house or whatever. Right. whatever. I, don't, I just don't want it here when you're not here. Right. You know, and um, there was an incident that happened kind of in our neighborhood where there was because uh, they had, had an Airbnb in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got cameras and stuff. So there was like a little incident. And one day they weren't home. And I checked. I'm like, hey, are you guys home? You know, and uh, after that little incident. Right. She kind of started to think different. Like, OK, maybe I could see why this and why that. And I'm, I was kind of like letting her know, yeah, because she was telling me about her husband. I was like, yeah, well, he's thinking right. Like, he wants y'all to be safe while y'all are away, especially with your little girl at home. You know, mm-hmm. I could understand exactly where he's coming from. So me talking to her, she kind of started to, like, agree and see where he's coming from. Right. And in my head, I'm like, uh, why wasn't it as important coming from him? You know, mm-hmm. why did I have to reinforce, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's to me. I think a lot of people, like I said, just don't they don't think about it in depth. But if somebody breaks into your house and it's just you and your daughter, you, I would think you would love or want to have something to to protect you and your daughter if need be. You mm-hmm. know, so that's the way I always kind of look at it. That, that to me, that's the overarching thing is if you have a farm around, let's say it's locked up, it gives you a chance. It always gives you a chance, you know. Right. It's better to have it and not need it than to not have it at all, you know. If you need it, so that's that's uh, for me how I look at look at things and how I feel like people should look at it as far as protecting themselves and their safety. I can tell your your gun is um, planted on your right hand side. Mm-hmm. You pick up a, a gun on the floor. How do you know that you know your right hand is the more dominant hand to shoot with? Uh, that's kind of one of those things about, uh, going to the range and seeing, you know, what feels comfortable, what feels good for you. Um, and I would think, uh, you know, if you're already right-handed, you know, you'll be more comfortable shooting right-handed. Um, and if you're left-handed, I would think you'll be more comfortable shooting left-handed. Um, so I think it, it just kind of goes with, you know, feeling it out and in training. A lot right. of people will kind of, uh, ask me you know, what kind of gun do you recommend for a girl or for a boy or what, you know, what's more recommended? And to me, 
I always tell them this. I, there's guns I can recommend. I can recommend guns all day, but look at, look at your hands compared to mine, you know? Mm-hmm. We're not going to pick up the same gun and it feel the same way. And, man, this is comfortable for me. You might say, oh, this is too, this is too small. Yeah. You know, but for me, it might be the perfect fit. So I always encourage people to go to a gun shop, uh, go to a range, go to a gun convention where there's a plethora of guns. You can see what feels comfortable for you. Oh, I like how this feels. Well, next step, take it to the range, shoot it, see if it's comfortable, if you can handle the recoil. Um, you don't want to... Because a, a gun is a pretty significant purchase. You don't want to spend three, four, five hundred dollars on a gun that you'll take home and let's say you take it to the range a year later because you've locked it up and stuffed it under your pillow, and you don't shoot it till you take it to the range a year later. And when you finally shoot it, you're like, "This is too powerful. I can't handle the recoil." Mm-hmm. You know. So, so what are you gonna do with it now? You know, uh, you could train with it and get comfortable with it, but if it's something you're just not comfortable with it. You're not comfortable with it. You know, you probably would have made a better purchase if you did more research right. and uh, shot it and took it to the range and practiced with it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's 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 not a cookie cutter thing. You kind of have to see what works for you. So uh, that's kind of uh, the philosophy I go with as far as selecting stuff. Um, in this very moment, I think about I've been on um, Nas, I am lately. And it's kind of motivated me to uh, get back on my grind. Nas, in my opinion, is um, the greatest storyteller to ever do it. On his um, second LP, it was written track number six. No, track number four. Sorry, track number four is called Take It In Blood. No, it's called I Gave You Power. That is a song that is on my mind right now where Nas raps as if he was a pistol. What song is on your mind right now? Man, that uh, composure track, like you said, uh, that, uh, so King's Disease 2 is mm. like one of the, it, it's a very dope album for me. Mm. Um, it's probably in, in playing in my car. Uh, well, not playing in my car, but that's what I, what's going to be playing in my car when I'm riding around. Uh, but composure, I really like that song. I think for me, um, it really relates to my life right now. With so much, I got a lot of going, a lot going on. Business, family, uh, not work anymore because I'm I'm completely self-employed now. Mm. But um, of applause, yes, sir. Of applause. But uh, yeah, just that word in itself, composure. Um, when all kind of stuff is going on around you, just keeping your head, you know, making sure you're 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 staying staying on the job and and doing the work and just staying focused. So for me, yeah, that composure. Um, Especially, I'm in the track as far already, but mm. just the the message, you know, um, it, it, it resonates with me at this current point in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk two two and three says, "And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it." Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You do what you do for yourself to prove you can do it for others. Even though the year of perfect vision needed corrective lenses, your vision was never out of focus. You remain still. You remain determined. Kobe said, The Mamba mentality is the attention to detail and the level of commitment. Run your race because you got time. Keep the momentum. Believe in your story, a creative story. Remember, 
Never stay comfortable while trusting the process. Be innovative in your 720 hours. There will be stumbling blocks. You just keep pushing. Most importantly, what's next? Continue to drop. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. So, A-Leaf, A-Leaf Hastings? Elsick. A-Leaf Hastings. Elsick. Elsick, yeah. Elsick, okay. pretty much, uh, I don't want to say one and the same, but we're connected by NX. Yeah. So, yeah, when people say, like, Hastings and Elsick, it pretty much goes together, but yeah. Okay. Class of 2003. Three, yes, sir. You go to uh, LSU first. Mm-hmm. Um, Information and business. Information and Management Information Systems. And then your master was in what? Master's? My, my master's was in Management Information Systems. What was your undergrad in again? Uh, electronics, Engineering, Technologies. Okay. Uh, so you were doing what before you became self-employed? Uh, I was working for uh, Harris County Juvenile Probation Department in the Technology Department. I was, uh, I was a systems integrity officer. Um, or pretty much I did like data corrections and stuff like that, sitting in front of a computer all day. Okay. Um, yeah, it kind of became too monotonous for me. I kind of yeah. saw that, yeah, it yeah. wasn't, yeah. wasn't yeah. what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was, was time to, you know, start getting into what I wanted to do. Right. So, uh, yeah, I kind of started, you know, taking steps to create my exit strategy. Yeah, and okay. See, Here know. we go. Here we go. Okay, yeah, you're walking so, into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they kind of helped, you know, um, but we were playing chicken for a while because I kind of seen, you know, I, I seen how stuff was going, you know, so I started to prepare. Um, we got sent to work from home and uh, I kind of saw that, OK, here's the lane to where I could start kind of focusing on my business a little bit. And uh, I just started to jump in and, you know, start to make make my dream come true, literally make my dream come true. So, uh, yeah, a while later, um it was kind of like they is a long story, but they pretty much like let me go um, after I came back from being on uh, quarantine. Right. Yeah. So that first day I got back, you know, they terminated me and I was like, it was a great feeling actually. Cause I had right. been waiting for them. Like I said, we were playing chicken. I had been right. waiting for them like, Hey, if y'all going to do something. Uh, and I kind of forced their hand cause I wanted to uh, take some time off uh, that I felt I needed, which was due to me because it was a paternity leave. Right. And uh, I knew once I brought that up that it was only going to be a matter of time before they either let me go, you know, because I knew they weren't going to just let me take off time, pay time off. So uh, while, uh, while we were playing chicken and waiting, you know, I was getting my ducks in a row, um, just planning my exit strategy. So when it finally came, I was like, thank you. I'm out here. You know, it's time, it's time to get it. Like I said, get on my grind. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I love, I'm, get to wake up. I get to hang with my my kids, you know, drop them off at school um, and just do things how I want to do things, make right. make money the way I want to make money, take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get to set up my day the way I want to set up my day, you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just a great feeling. I feel the day they they let me go was like one of the most freest mm-hmm. moments of my life, you know. So mm-hmm. it felt great, man. I loved it. So. You um so I'm looking at the video that you had composure on, and I see you setting up you know the gun display and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, while you were planning your exit strategy, what was the first piece of equipment that you needed to be able to 
say, okay, here it is. I'm going to build off of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, the exit strategy, I mean, the shop was already, was already, was already uh, up. You know, it was good to go. Um, it was more so I needed to set in place or perfect the infrastructure of how I was going to be handling, you know, business and, and moving and things like that. Um, so before the extra strategy, I was kind of, because uh, I had had a soft opening um, and I was kind of moving stuff here and there. So I was still kind of, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Uh, but I knew I wanted to be 100% in this, you know. So it was kind of hard to, like, build your business when you're still, you know, going to your regular job every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're just mm-hmm. not in it 100%. So uh, for a while, uh, I, I hated it. Like, I'm like, man, I just want to do what I want to do. I want to, you know, focus on my business. I want to be in here more than just – because by the time – and I'm sure this happens for a lot of entrepreneurs – um, especially ones with families, by the time you get off work, deal with the kids, uh, you know, handle what you got to do at home. Um, let's say I want to come in here and, you know, handle some business. I, by the time I get to working and feeling like I need to, there's a, something I need to finish up for the day. It might be 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I, and I got to be up at 5 in the morning, you know, to, mm-hmm. to deal with my regular job. So mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of, you know, tolls on you to the point where you're like, man, I'd rather just be focused on on building what I feel is uh, going to take care of your, my family for the rest of my life, you know, and, and, and set us up to, to live the way we want to live, you know. Right. And I knew uh, where I was at, that wasn't going to do that. I felt like, you know, I kind of reach my ceiling in, the, in that space. So, yeah, I, I felt like it was the best decision to make. Mm-hmm. So so you already were, you were talking about it earlier, and you said you mentioned uh, that it was a hobby of yours, collecting weapons, right? Oh, uh, yeah, like shooting and, and right. yeah, stuff like that. So um, when you when you finally, so this space, you bought this space it is, or you leased this space it is, mm-hmm. it, regardless of what happened, you got this space it is, how do you restock all the inventory? What kind of connections did you make to be able to get that material to, you know, you sell one and then you can replace it. So, um, and a lot of this is new because, um, like I said, I've always been in the, I've been customizing for a while, but I wasn't into sales and getting the guns in. You know? Right. It was more so uh, customizing stuff that people already owned, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is still kind of uh, what I do. So now, but yeah, no, um, getting in the business, I've learned a lot. Um, I've made connections with distributors. Um and 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 other gun shop owners I've met who've kind of like given me a lot of game, a lot of helpful info, um, and I've just been meeting meeting all kinds of new people. Um, and I was just talking about this the other day. Uh, I've been meeting so many so many people, so many new people, so many cool people, um, and it feels like it's, it's happening more so often just because of you know the the space I'm in now. I'm going to have the opportunity to meet all kind of people. And you know, deal with deal with uh, all kind of a wide variety range of people that I normally wouldn't uh, get to meet just because there's people who are going to come in that you've never met that have all kind of different backgrounds. Um, so yeah, that, that's I feel like uh, the space I'm in in my life now. I kind of see I enjoy like talking to people um, about a wide variety range of things. So. Being able to meet a stranger who you connect with, whether it's on some gun stuff, and usually, obviously, it's some gun stuff because they come in for guns. Uh, 
it, it, it's real cool, you know, because a lot of times we just kind of focus on why, why we're different from people and you know right. what, what separates us. Right. So, um, yeah, just being able to 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 meet on the same same playing field with with people um, and share common interests is pretty cool. Um. Glock twenty six. Mm-hmm. Your name? Where does that come from? Ernie. No, no, no. Oh my! Oh, Cody. So, so, so Cody, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Cerakote is kind of a play on the product. So a Cerakote is it's a ceramic coating, which is what uh, you use to to pretty much color the firearms, spray the firearms. Um, even. Uh, you'll see some firearms that maybe come in a, a different color. Like, for instance, this one right here. Mm-hmm. See, it's already, mm-hmm. my fault, it's already. No, you good. Yeah, it's already tan, flat, dark earth, right? That's Cerakote. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much how I came with Coded. It's a, a, a play on Cerakote. Okay. Yeah, so that's how I came with the name. Uh, the logo, shout out to Cosmo. Okay, um, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Cos, what's up, what's up, up baby? Uh, fire logo. I love, as soon as he sent it, I loved it. Colors, yeah. everything. Um, and uh, people love it all the time. When I had on my cards, like, man, I like the logo. That's pretty dope. Or you know, who did it? Where'd you get it? So, right. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, but that gun's not a Glock, though. Yeah, no, nah, it's not a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> he, they look like some Desert Eagles, but nah, he, he threw them up there. Like I said, he like when I, well, I'm gonna I'm highlight him to revamp it. But once he revamps it, we might have to throw in throw in the Glock. Yeah, because because yeah. it's got a ham on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still fire, and then he got the little circle mask. So yeah, it was, it was a dope logo, man. In this moment, okay, I like to. Um, there's this question that I came up with in the podcast. It's called, um, "If you could just, if you could define yourself in one word, what would it be?" So I asked that question because I like to hear that one word that people define themselves at. As a business owner now. Um, a gun, an avid gun collector, and an an aficionado of weapons. How would you define yourself in one word? Man, good question. And uh, I would say evolving, right? Evolving. Um, I think a thing with me is I don't like to uh, confine myself, or I don't like people to confine me either, or put me in a box. So, um, I feel like I'm always learning. I always want to learn more. Um. I wouldn't even, a lot of people, okay, hey, man, you're the expert, you're the expert. I'm like, man, I'm not nowhere clear, close. I know a lot of people who know more than me, and, uh, you know, I want to tap into those people and uh, learn their knowledge. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm meeting new people. Uh, I met a gun shop owner the other day who's been in the game for, like, 30-something years, you know, and he's just giving me info, and uh, I'm like, that's, I want to be around people like that. You know, I want to always evolve. I want to get better uh, in what I'm doing because there's so much to learn. You know, there's so much to learn and um, so much I want to learn and so many different avenues in the industry where you could go, you know, and make your way. So uh, the more knowledge I have and not just gun stuff, just just anything, you know, I feel like um, I'm always trying to improve myself Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and self-improvement is real big for me right now. So uh, evolving, always want to get better, knowing that, uh, there's so many better versions of yourself you can get to, you know, right. and I'm only 36. We're all, you know, young, you know, right. so much to learn still. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I think evolving is, is, is the word I like to describe myself with right now. Cause I know, and I'm always going to get better. I always want to get better. So you bought your first, well, you got your first gun from the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. 
then you got your um hold on you got your um Smith and Wesson from Academy mm-hmm. after Academy because I bought my first weapon from Academy where would somebody who wants to buy a new gun go to outside of like the normal Academy or the pawn shop where do you recommend that that person goes oh, to they, they gotta come to me no doubt <laughs> <laughs> they gotta come to me Especially if I know you Don't let me see you With a gun from somebody Yo you didn't get from me Come on now Yeah so uh, Now it's funny Cause I'll uh, I'll see people Or even if they just mention Hey I just got a new gun I'm like How long have I known you Yeah You know I'm in the game Yeah You didn't reach out to me About you know Which is fine Cause for me It's all about I care about you Being protected And worrying about You know Self defense for yourself Right. So it, it seemed crazy. So I, for a while, I was like, man, I need to get my shop open. You know, I was waiting on things. Things were happening in life and, and you know, stuff. I was waiting on parents, all kind of stuff. And uh, people would always say, man, I'm waiting on you. You're taking so long. This, this, this. I'm like, don't put that on me. Right. I've, I've been preaching about gun ownership and, and protecting yourself and having a gun in your home and for years before this shop was even a thought, you know? Right, right. So, uh, and you know, sometimes it's just on where it's on some playful. I'm like, but they kind of see like, you know what? You're, you're right. You're right. I, I been, should have been thinking about this. Uh, another funny thing, right. Um, when the whole election was going on, uh, man, my phone started to blow up. My, my Instagram started to blow up, but I've been doing this for a while, you know, but everybody was on some heightened, uh, sensitive, scary. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I need to get protection. And uh, I, it's always funny to me because I'm like, why was it never a, 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 a big thought before? You know, if you watch the news every day, you live in Houston, you see crime is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like to me, po- politics and all that stuff, it should be, you should have been worried about it before then, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because once all that stuff died down, you know, then the phone kind of started to die down a little bit, you know? and. It wasn't as, a, oh, I'm worried about what's going to happen with, you know, the crazy people with gun you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's kind of funny to see that happen. Uh, and, and I think we kind of get complacent, you know, uh, with that. But uh, that's kind of why I always want to it, – it's just important to me to, to, to never forget that your gun rights is important, more so important for us. Don't take it lightly. So, um, I want to make a phone call. I'll go ahead. To my um, so uh, I started um my real estate career. Um, I started my real estate career this well, actually this qu- last quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And my brother, who um, is getting ready to open up a gun shot, a gun shop, gun range. Mm-hmm. Jay, what's going, bro? What's going on, man? I'm on the podcast. I got my man Ernie here. Who uh, has his own gun shop, right? And um, I'm calling you because I know we we finna get this gun range going, right? Uh huh. Um, and so I want to kind of put y'all together because sure. my man on the phone, Jonathan, is almost like you. Loves guns, reads about guns, <laughs> trains. See how he's laughing? Trains with guns. And so, um, Jonathan, what's your what's your gun of choice, man? Again. What's your gun of choice? Uh, the Glock 19 Gen 3. Why why you say that, man? That's my baby. <laughs> they they it's, it's very reliable, you know. 
doesn't jam. Uh, it doesn't jam. You know, it's double stack, so it holds enough. You know, mm-hmm. not that I'll need enough. You know, but it it holds enough. You know, um, it doesn't. It, I, what I've cleaned it maybe a handful of times, and I've I've had it for years. So really uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's my that's that's my baby, man. Do you, so. have, do you have it completely stocked? You running anything uh, aftermarket on it or anything? Nah, it's it's, it's all stock. Mm-hmm. Everything's stock. Um, I used to have. I sold it though. I had a um, uh, 19x. Oh, okay. The uh, the desert sand, the desert, mm-hmm. the desert sand one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was comfortable. It was it was. It, I liked it, but you know, I told my son he could have it, but I end up uh, I end up selling it. Okay, but uh, yeah, was I, I, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate that I got rid of it now. You know, you know, as soon as I handed it over, like I was kicking myself in the butt. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but you know, they wanted it, so you know, I told them everything has a price on it, and you know, exactly, I'm eating those words now because I don't have any more. But you know, <laughs> you could always get another one. They ain't uh, yeah, I mean, but right now at this time, it's hard to find. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. okay, I'll but probably, uh, I probably find one. Yep. He, yeah, said I, he, I, I, he said he could probably help you find one, man. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I uh, I get another one one day, you know. But my uh, of choice is the the Gen Three, the Glock nineteen. That's 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 my baby. That's my go to. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's my carry. All right, fam. We I'm, I'm gonna hit you back later. For sure. All, All right, right, man. Nice meeting you, yep. bro. For sure. Nice meeting you too, bro. We'll link. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. For sure. All right. Love. Peace. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Um, when I was coming here to do this podcast with you, I thought about him because he's a you know, every time we talk, it's about guns, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talk about the business. And then he's like, man, I got this gun. And, I, and you know, because my uh, God pop, God bless his soul. He had this Beretta yeah. back in the day and he left it to him. So he's a big gun guy. You're a big gun guy. And I thought that that would be great to kind of put y'all together. Mm-hmm. Today is uh, October the 3rd. 2021 we have 89 days left in the year what are your what do you want to accomplish in 89 days uh, 89 is about what less than three months yeah um getting the word out about my shop um i'm really about to get on this marketing game right. and i've been uh one thing about being an entrepreneur now, I realize your mind is always thinking, man, what can I do next? What do I need to do to mm-hmm. like improve the business, generate more customers, generate whatever I need to do to, to mm-hmm. make this successful? Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, even last week, I was all around the city just passing out cards, just meeting people, you know, uh, putting my face out there, putting my business out there um, just so I could, you know, let people know I'm here. You know, there's a black owned gun shop in Houston. Um, and, uh, I would love people's support. Right. Um, so just hitting the ground, running, doing the work, uh, uh, building more relationship with more people. I'm really focused on that. Um, I've got, like I said, I've met a lot of distributors. I feel like I'm good on that. And now it's just letting the city know, you know, I'm here. Um, and, and seeing what works best, uh, for, for, for me and my business, uh, and determining, you know, what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, I think the relationship part is, is going to be a big reason uh, with, with, with other owners, with, with other customers, with the community mm-hmm. uh, is what's going to uh, be a driving force and, you know, longevity for me. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to just honk, 
buckle down and, and see, you know, what, what I need to do to get things going. Right. Now, I'm not a Glock guy, man. Um, I think I need to go back and do research to see which one is the best fit for me. But I will be back to get a weapon. Yeah. I need I need a next I need a I need one. My wife needs one. Mm-hmm. Need one in the uh she needs one personally. We need one in the house. I got one in the car and I need one to carry. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, people are why why do you need so much? Why do you need that? Right. And uh I mean it usually comes from people who aren't really into guns, right? For instance, I went hunting uh a few weeks ago the other week. And uh when you get into other things, you kind of see why different guns are needed for different purposes. You kind of get what I'm saying? Because, right. like, you ask me how many guns I have, somebody might be like, six? Oh, my God, why do you got that? So mm-hmm. Somebody might even say, two, why do you need more than one, you know? Right. And it's like different firearms for different situations. You can't go hunt birds with a Glock pistol, Yeah. you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and, and you, uh, uh, somebody who's new to the, uh, the world of guns, they won't know that if they don't have a discussion with people. Right. And a lot of us, we don't want to talk with people for whatever reason. Like I said, I have, like I was telling you about my friend who might be like, oh my God, you're, you might be a Republican because you like guns. And some people, they don't want to talk to somebody who's a Republican just because they're a Republican, you right. know, or they don't want to talk right. to somebody about guns just because they don't like guns, you know. So right. the information they get about guns, they might only get from the news or a politician who doesn't like guns anyway. So they're not going to give you the, you know, the most accurate uh, story or whatever. So. Um, yeah, we just have to be careful about who you listen to and what you listen to without, you know, learning about it yourself. Right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people who don't agree with guns or don't like guns or think stuff need to be banned or all that type of stuff, they're going to keep what they want you to hear or know they'll distort the truth pretty much, you know, because they might have a, a certain anti-gun agenda or they don't like guns, so they're not going, you know. So we have to be careful, be careful about that, uh, being influenced by people who are anti-gun, you know. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's one thing I, I would caution us to, to, to do. Always learn, research, read for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly... The last question I'll ask is, what's next? What's next? What's next? Man, uh, what's your boy's name, Jonathan? Yeah. That's, to me, that, that, that's next. Um, trying to open up a range. Eventually, like, when I think down the line of what's the end goal and what I see in the future, it would be this with a range and, you know, a black-owned gun range where people could come in and shoot. And, uh, and it's funny, when I... Uh, tell people or people ask me, hey, you know, uh, or yeah, hey, I got a gun store, I got a gun shop. The next question is, hey, is there a range? You got a gun range, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I feel like it almost goes hand in hand. So, no, eventually, you know, when uh, it's doing is what it needs to do, which is what I'm hoping, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, that could come come one day. So uh, that's more long-term, obviously. Um, Right now, like I said, just building the business, meeting people. Increasing my knowledge, my skills to uh, build my businesses as big as, as it could be. Duh. So, yeah. I come bringing gifts, man. Um, you know, this is an exclusive SVI t shirt that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast, right? And so it's not for sale, Houston, Texas. I give it to the creatives that 
have ventured out to start their own. It's dope, man. I appreciate it. And this is the exclusive What's Next podcast t-shirt that I give to every creator. It was oh, an edition yeah. in 2020. And, and I just color. I just appreciate your time, man. I wish you well man. in your business. Appreciate and I'll be back to, uh, when I find the right gun for me, I'll be back to um, buy one from you. Man, appreciate you. Uh, podcast was great, man. I love to set up. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, once you yeah once you reached out, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely doing doing the podcast okay. for sure. Yeah, it's your yeah, first so. podcast, man. I've done a couple. I've done a okay. couple. Okay, but, uh, like I said, this one right here though, you, you got it together, and you've been doing it for a minute, you know. So yeah, yeah I already yeah, knew yeah. you know what kind of stuff you'd be bringing. So yeah, when I walked in, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, we, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the lighting, the setup, oh yeah, we doing it. I appreciate it, man. Houston, Texas. Episode 126 of the What's Next podcast. It's my man Ernie from TSU. Coded. Sir, Coded Arms. Coded Arms. Here in Houston, Texas. I'll be in a show October the 15th and 16th this month. More to come soon. I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do for others. Peace and blessings. Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls on priceless Audi